Welcome to Zero Knowledge, a podcast where we talk about the latest in zero-knowledge research and the decentralized web. The show is hosted by me, Anna. And me, Frederick. This week, I follow up on the trusted setup survey I started a few weeks ago with this bonus interview. This time, I chat with Tornado Cash, who recently ran a very fast setup with the largest number of participants so far. Now, before I start in, I want to share a list of the things going on in the ZK podcast universe. Generally, over the last few episodes, you may have heard me in this intro spot list like one or two things that, that are related to the podcast. Well, I thought it might make sense to actually share a rundown of all of these activities so you get a a bit of a sense of some of the resources or channels you can explore if you're interested in the topic. Okay, so here it goes. Right now you're listening to the podcast. If you haven't subscribed, please do. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. If you are a long-time listener and you'd like to engage a little bit more, check out our Telegram group. Now, in the Telegram group, that's where you can chat with other listeners, reach out to our guests, or just chat about zero-knowledge proofs. You can also find out about zero-knowledge proof-related events there. Next up is our YouTube channel. That's where I share videos from this podcast, videos from the ZK Summit, and also videos from the ZK Study Club. The ZK Study Club videos are basically deep dives into zero-knowledge topics with some of the experts in the space. We do these somewhat sporadically, but we average out to about one to two a month. The recent ZK Study Club videos are all about Halo, and they're hosted by Sean Bow and Dara Hopwood. So you might want to check those out. Another initiative is the monthly ZK Mesh newsletter. This is a newsletter focused on the latest research into zero-knowledge proofs and privacy technology. Next up, you may have heard me mention the ZK Validator, The ZK Validator is sort of separate from the podcast, but related because I'm involved in both things. The ZK Validator is run by myself and Will Harborn from Diversify. We're an active validator on Cosmos, Kusama, and soon on Polkadot. And it looks like we're going to be joining some additional pretty high-profile POS networks very soon. The point of the validator is to be an advocate for ZK research and privacy technologies in the networks that we work in. We create working groups, connect the core devs with the ZK community, and in the process, we learn a lot and prepare documentation and research papers around that. So if you're involved in any of these networks, you might want to look for us. The ZK Validator is actually powered by Bison Trails, a company that I learned about when I had them on the show. Okay, so I think that's it. Nope, wait, one more thing. I just, for some reason, I just started a subreddit. I have no clue if this makes sense at all as a platform for this audience. I've heard mixed things. Some people say, oh, Reddit's a bad place because no no researcher has a Reddit account. Other people are like, why does there not exist a zero-knowledge-focused subreddit? So there's actually two. There's our zero-knowledge and our ZK podcast, uh, both of which I'm a mod on. So you're welcome to post in either of these. Okay, and coming up, I guess this isn't on right now, but something to look forward to In the fall, you can expect a new Zero Knowledge Summit, as well as a ZK-focused SNARKs online course that Dan Bonet and I have been working on. It's a little bit delayed, but we're almost there, so please stay tuned for this as well. I'm going to add in the show notes 
a long list of all of these things that I just mentioned. I think it provides a number of ways for you to interact with the ZK community. I mentioned this in last week's intro, but I'm looking for someone to help me coordinate and organize kind of a lot of these projects. If there's anyone out there who's looking to get involved in the zero knowledge research space, if you are organized and have some experience running events and maybe even have some light project management skills, it would be really great to hear from you. Get in touch. I'm looking to fill two roles right now, maybe more in the future. So hope to hear from you. Cool. So now on to the episode. Now here's our bonus episode all about Tornado Cash's trusted setup. So a few weeks ago, I did an episode all about trusted setups. And in that episode, I got a chance to interview four people who had participated in or who had actively worked on previous trusted setups. Now, at the end of that episode, I mentioned the Tornado Cash trusted setup, which actually still to this day is the biggest. And yet the guys from Tornado Cash weren't on that episode. And we did try, like we did actually have a bit of emails back and forth. We didn't get our scheduling right, but I'm really happy that today I get to explore this. So welcome Roman Storm and Roman Semenov. Hello, everyone. Hello. So we fully explored it in that episode, but still I think it's worth just defining what a trusted setup is again. So how would you describe trusted setups to our audience? It's a... Multi-party computation uh, that is required for uh, snarks, and if at least one participant of this ceremony is honest, then the whole ceremony can be considered uh, successful and will allow to trustlessly interact with this snark. And something that I actually learned on the previous uh, episode on this was that it, originally I thought that the gener- what it generated was some random string, but it's not. It's parameters. It's like vector commitments or something, I, right? It's- I can try to describe it to you in simple words. Cool. Like, uh, imagine like the participant generates a bunch of random numbers and does kind of like hash on those numbers and add this hash to this ceremony and destroys the source random numbers. In what happens in reality under the hood, instead of hash, we have exponentiation. So the participant generates some x and then uh, exponentiates it on the curve. And curves work in such a way that it's hard to do a reverse operation. It's hard to find out this source x. And the user also needs to destroy it. Ah, yeah, the entropy source. You generate mm-hmm. some random x and then exponentiate it e to the power of x and then destroy this source number. What does it look like? I think I asked this in the previous episode, but what does it look like to an engineer? Like, what do they get? A bunch of uh, numbers, like a very, very large file uh, with a bunch of numbers. And for example, as a result of powers of tau, it's like literally this powers of this random tau. So tau (laughs) to the power of one, tau to the power of two, and then tau to the power of 2 to the power of 28. So a lot of them. They're not individual values, though. It's not like individual values along a curve. Yeah, it's just individual values. Like oh, uh, each like tau to the power of 2 is just a number on the curve. And this Crazy. is the 
large sequence of these billions and billions of those numbers. But that's the what you're talking about there is the movement from phase one to phase two, right? Yeah, and it's the same tau, but to the different powers. For phase two to out to the snark? No, uh, at the powers of tau. Like uh, phase two generates a little bit different, like... Uh, the output is a little bit more complex. It's a few different numbers, and they are specific to the circuit. Cool. And then uh, uh, after we receive this large file, we would still have to post-process it in order to gener generate like a verifier key for Solidity contract, for example. Okay, so you have both already been on the show, and we actually have an entire episode dedicated to Tornado Cash and the build and what it's about. Um, this episode, we're going to be looking more into the trusted setup side of things, but I still think it's good for people to kind of meet you again. So maybe just quickly introduce yourselves so that we, uh, we know who you are. Sure. I'm Roman Storm, uh, co-founder of Ternada Cash Project. In a quick summary, Ternada Cash is a non-custodial uh, privacy solution for Ethereum blockchain. Hey, uh, I'm Roman Semenov. Uh, I work on uh, more technical side of stuff uh, of Tornado, like Snarks. So let's talk a little bit about this trusted setup that Tornado Cash did. As far as I understand, it's the largest that's happened so far. You have over a thousand participants. I want to kind of ask you, like, other than this, like, size of it, what was really unique about the trusted setup that you guys did? I think the reason why we had so many participants in a, such a short amount of time is uh, because we were able to automate the coordinator role in our process, which basically means our web application that we published, uh, anyone could easily use that without having any sort of technical knowledge. With a few clicks of the button, they were able to generate a source of entropy and upload it to the ceremony. Tell me a little bit, though, what was under the hood there? Because, I mean, so Aztec had, Aztec, who we had on that first episode, they actually had a, an automated coordinator as well. But yours was incredibly, like, it, like for it to fit into a browser, what had to happen technically for that to work? Uh, the main reason is uh, because our circuits are small, uh, less than 30,000 of constraints. And so uh, it takes around like 10 megabytes, the keys, uh, as opposed to other ceremonies. Uh, for example, in Perpetual Powers of Tau, the keys are like 50 gigabytes. For Aztec, they're smaller, but still kind of large. But 10 megabytes is small enough to fit in the browser. We were able to compile the trusted setup contribution code to WebAssembly. So it was able to run in around, it took around 30 seconds to generate contribution in the browser. For comparison, the same contribution is generated in a few seconds if you run it natively. So the browser version is slower, like significantly slower, but it's still fast enough because our circuit is so small. You were not doing the full trusted setup though, right? Like there's often, I mean, we've talked about this in the previous episode where there's, there's phase one and there's phase two. The tornado cache was only phase two. Correct. Uh, we took the results of Perpetual Powers of Tau uh, ceremony. It is designed to help all other projects because it is universal for anyone who wants to do their trusted setup. They can 
take the result of perpetual powers of tau like one of the latest results and do only phase two specific for their circuit and that the perpetual powers of tau is this ethereum foundation kind of run perpetual powers of tau exactly as it sounds where people are still today contributing if they want to what number did you come in at or what number did you take from is maybe a better way of saying uh, it. i don't remember the exact number but it was around 30 Okay. So like 30 participants had already done that first phase one. And then from there, you took parameters or something, right? Oh, like actually from the parameters, we generate uh, special like powers of tau files that are much smaller. So we take this 50 gigabyte file and generate only enough powers of tau for our snark. So from this 50 gigabytes, we generate a file of 10 megabyte size and use it for phase two. How long did you actually run this for? I believe it was run for uh, two weeks, if okay, I'm not that's mistaken. It. Wow. Yeah. So in two weeks time, you were actually able to get like over a thousand people to come and participate. Yeah. More than half contributions were in the first one or two days. Wow. How did you plan for this? Like, this is actually a question a little bit more on the social side. Like, how did you come up with this concept? How did you figure out that this was like what you needed? And how did you do it? We were required to do so because in order to preserve trustless level of the smart contracts so that we don't have any sort of control over the Tornado Cash Protocol, we had to uh, complete the trusted setup ceremony in order for every user of Tornado Cash to d don't have any trust that we can still manage or change something in the smart contracts. Basically, like to prove to the community who's using it that, like at this stage, it's it's math protecting this thing. Um, it's it's more yes, math, and that we cannot modify it. Basically, we cannot take the funds out of Tornado Cash smart contracts. Got it. So, but how long, like what kind of planning process went into running a trusted setup? Uh, first of all, uh, we tried to make sure that the ceremony is as simple as possible. So we thought about uh, how we can improve upon all the ceremonies that we've seen in the past. So we decided to make it, like we saw the opportunity that we can make it, make it work in a browser. And we can we try to do it as easy to understand as possible for a regular users that doesn't know about snarks or how to install some tools on their computer. So in the end, they needed only to come to our website and click a button, and that's it. That was actually that's another question that I had, which is like, what was the walkthrough like? Like, what was what did a participant have to do to actually be part of it? Sure. Uh, there were two ways to participate in a trusted setup ceremony. The first was the very easy one that is targeted for average Joe. Uh, basically, you could go to ceremony.tarnada.cash website where you could click the contribute button. Then you can choose how would you like to contribute. Would you like to put your name on for your contribution or you would you had a choice to do this anonymously? By saying, let's say if you wanted to put your name on it, you could sign in with a GitHub or twi Twitter account so that you could do your uh, contribution. Then this contribution would generate it on client side and then it will try to upload to the ceremony server 
And then the, the server itself, it would try to verify that the contrib- contribution was valid. And if it is, it would be included into the um, ceremony itself. And if it was, if it failed, for example, if there was another contributor that got in the, into the line and was already accepted, the application itself, that it would try to do the another contribution automatically and it would do, try to complete the, the process. The same. It sounds like, I mean, so one of the, the points here was like, how did people actually register? How did you know that they, like, could any, like, did you need to have a social account or an ETH address or anything? You could actually Nothing. just join, you could just go to the website and be like, I'm going to send yep. entropy. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Uh, also, new thing about our ceremony was that our queue mechaniz- mechanisms are different. So the most larger ceremonies, they need to do some kind of schedule and make a line from users to make sure that no two users contribute at the same time. But since our contribution happening in around one minute, we use optimistic approach. So uh, when user clicks a button, we don't even check whether someone else is in line or whatever. We just download the latest contribution and do ours on top of it. And if it so happens that two users had a collision and did contribution at the same time, uh, the browser will just uh, redo. So in this case, user will spend one more minute, but mm-hmm. that's fine. Yeah, as we can see, it worked flawlessly for us. And uh, we also targeted advanced, more advanced users. Let's say if somebody doesn't trust our website, they could do the contribution using the command line interface that was also available for uh, everyone. And by the way, if somebody wants to... Uh, replicate our work. If you need a trusted setup, feel free to look at our GitHub. Everything has been open sourced and take it for your own needs. Were you guys concerned at all about like a DDoS attack or anything? Like having it be flooded or is that just not a worry? Uh, No, we just uh, saw that this risk was pretty low. Like who needs to (laughs) DDoS like a ceremony. Like there's site. no money to be. There is no profit to be. Yeah. Fair enough. And I suppose it's still such a niche kind of scene. That is correct. I mean, if somebody deduced our website, what what are they getting out of it? And it would be pointless and expensive for them. They they would actually spend money on it, but without any profits. Um, how did you actually wrap it up? How did you decide to end the trusted setup? It was a wild guess. Uh, we we thought, well, let's try. Well, we kind of predi- predicted that it should be it should generate enough participants due to the simplicity of our, of our application. So, and I, I just verified that we ran it actually for ten days, um, and we did. Of course, we did not expect that it would get like over a thousand contributors, uh, which was quite success in our opinion. I think the main aspect of that was that we added some social aspect that at the end of the contribution, people, we presented that if you want, you can tweet about it and and people start tweeting about it. And that's how it generated all this hype around Trusted Setup ceremony for Cash. We also had an interesting story uh, on the lunch because we didn't want uh, a lot of people to come at the same time to the ceremony uh, because uh, in this case there will Mm -hmm. be a lot of collisions. So we didn't start by publishing a tweet or an official post that we started a ceremony, but instead 
to test stuff, we just gave out this link to the ceremony website to a few people like Kobe and others like cryptography enthusiasts and they made a contribution and of course clicked a button to tweet about it. And then wow. it exploded and still <laughs> like uh, we had a ton of people just came in without official announcement. And then we published a blog post, I guess, after a day or two after actual lunch. I think I saw that and you had already had like 300 participants or something when you were like, by the way, we're doing a trusted setup. <laughs> yeah, that was so unexpected for us. We're like, oh That's my cool. God, people already know about it without us uh, saying about it. That's actually, that's a, that's a good point there. Like, did you feel like there was some education that you had to do? It sounds like at this stage, maybe not because it, there have been trusted setups before. So what was the education like? Did you actually have to explain in a way what the purpose of this was for? I think I, I was quite, personally, I was quite impressed how many people actually are aware of trusted setup for ZK Snarks, that they actually understand what it is for that they have to like uh, contribute some entropy in order to make the system fully trustless. Because as we already know from the previous podcast, that if at least one contributor was honest, this setup is could be can be considered trustless. Do you think a lot of the people who participated in the ceremony were already using Tornado Cash? Yes and no. Um, it felt like most of them. Yes, they already are aware of Tornado Cash and they know what they're doing. I think it, it the running trusted setup ceremony, I think it brings another social aspect that people want to contribute to something. And it doesn't really take much time to contribute to trusted setup ceremony. You only have to like run a few programs and complete the, to complete the process. And it's just... I think it's just the human psychology that lets us like, oh, yeah, by the way, here is this cool project called Ernada Cash, and you can actually be a part of it. Yeah, I guess that's what is really nice about these things. But let's talk about like how you feel about trusted setups. Like in your case, you had a really successful, really cool trusted setup that a lot of people participated in. But do you actually think, do you like trusted setups? Do you want to see them stick around? Uh, trusted setups from technical side, uh, at least at the moment, allow for the most efficient uh, proving systems. So if you want the fastest uh, ver verifier and smallest proof sizes, you usually have to use trusted setups. But of course, like it would be better if there were they were not required. And we see the new developments in universal trusted setups. Uh, for example, in Plonk, uh, where you need to run only one trusted setup for all SNARKs built with these proving systems, or even like transparent proving systems. But there is a trade-off. They are a little bit less efficient. Do you see a future for trusted setups, or do you think in the next like two years they'll disappear? Do you think this is just like a moment in time? I think they'll still be around, because uh, this space, uh, it takes a lot of time for uh, any kind of security checks and balances like people have to test it on production somebody has to take a risk so uh, i don't believe we are yeah i, I believe we're going to see more trusted setups in the future so you guys so this is where i wanted i want to sort of switch gears you've already been on the show and you were live before so this is kind of this is the part that i want to understand like the trusted setup 
came after you were already live. What were you live with before? What was what was Tornado Cash pre trusted setup? Uh, it was just a setup done on our laptops. So we did uh, like a few contributions, but uh, basically since it was trusted setup done by developers, the people had to trust that we deleted our toxic waste. They had to kind of believe in it. What happened? Like, how did you how did you actually change the snark? This is the part that I want to understand. Like, you generated new parameters through this trusted setup while the system was live. So, did you have to like go offline for a bit, or like how did that work? Uh, we just updated the verifier keys on smart contract and prover keys on our UI. Did the did the sort of activity in Tornado Cash have to stop, or did it change? in between those two things or was it actually able to continue um at the at the time of the design of tornado cash v2 we already planned for trusted setup ceremony so that's why we put a few functions in our smart contract to update the verifier key so that it would be like zero downtime actually like the, the tornado cash system worked as is before because if you had a deposit into Tornado Cash pre-trusted setup, your withdrawal will still be valid even after we updated the key. I think that's the that's the most important part that uh, the verify key would still work for the previous deposits. Is there any other like updates or kind of news you can tell us about Tornado Cash since we last spoke? Sure. Uh, right now we are currently working on Tornado Cash V3. Uh, that's the next version of Tornado Cash that will allow people to get rid of like fixed amount uh, deposits. Uh, we call them Tornado Pools. That would be just one giant pool where people can send arbitrary amounts of Ether into this pool. We also just recently launched TornadoFund.io, which is initiative to help us out to build Tornado Cash V3. Yeah, we also we want to build a privacy wallet actually because right now they're not a cash v2 is a d app it's not a wallet so you the a user still has to manually manage their private nodes and it's very important to keep the private nodes before the compliance reasons uh, we also launched uh, compliance tools uh, so that if you use Tornado Cash and if you need to prove the origin of your funds that are legitimate, you can do so by going to tornado.cash slash compliance. Uh, you can put your note in and that will generate a compliance report. Uh, so it's very important to keep your private notes for verification reasons. But so far, the, there haven't been wallets, so it hasn't been easy for like every person to use it. And that's in the pipeline. That is correct. Yes, uh, we believe. Um, so right now, Tornado Cash only solves on-chain uh, privacy. With the Tornado Cash wallet, we could also bring off-chain privacy, such as uh, managing the user identity, I mean, off-chain metadata, uh, their like geolocation, uh, IP addresses, and all that. Do you see Tornado Cash sort of fitting into the DeFi stack, or is it separate? Like, does Tornado Cash fit in there somewhere? Uh, we believe we do, especially with uh, maybe few interesting uh, features that uh, Tornado Cash can provide in V3 version. Uh, we also want to get rid of the decision-making process of Tornado Cash, which we mean that maybe a DAO would be a great uh, idea for the next version of Tornado Cash so that we let the community to 
decide how Tornado Cash should uh, keep evolving. Uh, that means uh, there is a huge room for uh, DeFi integration and fitting into the DeFi narrative. I'm really curious to see how, like, if DeFi actually responds to zero-knowledge proof stuff um, or starts to actually showcase some of it. I know that there's, like, experiments going on, but I'd like to see more. Actually, I shouldn't even say experiments. There's, like, full-on DEXs powered by zero-knowledge proofs. <laughs> <laughs> in right. fact, we might be having one on soon. Um, but yeah, it's really nice to see that, I guess. And I think I'm going to be exploring a little bit more of that intersection. So listen, thank you both for coming on the show again and updating us about the trusted setup that Tornado Cash did. I'm so sorry we didn't get to include you on the first one, but I'm so happy that we actually got a chance to explore it today. It was our pleasure, as usual. We really love Zero Knowledge Podcast. Keep doing your very important work for all of us. Thanks. Thank you. And to our listeners, thanks for listening.